Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right. You know what, folks? I think we're finally turning the page and seeing summer patterns. We're seeing summer patterns in people's activities. We're seeing summer patterns starting in our game animals. And we're seeing summer patterns in our fishing for this year. They're going to be a little unique this year. There's some good and some bad in all this. You know, we had a lot of snow last year. We had a lot of rain. And we are um, sorry about that. We had a lot of snow. We had a lot of rain. And we are, um, it's changed some things. Some of the lakes were seeing some algae blooms because they had a lot of nutrients run in. Some of the lakes had winter kill last year. We'll talk some about that because of the ice that was on there. A lot of the big game animals were de- were uh, under a lot of stress last winter because of the snow. We're going to cover some of that later today. But one thing that is really taking off and is benefiting, and that's the high country and our mountain fly fishing. And speaking of that, let's go to the phones. And joining us from the Colorado Angler is Andrew Peterson. Good morning, Andrew. Hey, Terry. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What a difference a year makes, huh? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, the problem we have this year is uh, too many choices if you have limited time. Yeah, well, that's a that's not a bad choice. So, not a bad situation to be in. You know, over the last couple of years prior to this, you and I talked on the phone earlier, and you had to be so careful because the low flows and a lot of rivers were actually getting shut down, some voluntarily and some mandatory, and you couldn't fish them and and a lot of them you just shouldn't have fished and even if you could or should the fish weren't responding well but we've had cold flowing water for right up till right now in fact it's just starting to recede and i would think the fish are healthy and ready to go yeah i mean things really are fantastic and you know everybody uh you know locally here we were really chopping at the bits so we we kind of pushed the envelope as far as on high flows and had some great high flow fishing and that was fantastic and now we're kind of settling into that kind of post runoff for lack of a better word but post runoff um you know mid-summer um healthy flows and um and it's great there's some fantastic fishing out there you know one of the things excuse me i like about the summer flows or, you know, this is whether it's lakes, summer fishing bass or the flows in rivers, fishing trout or whatever species or type of fishing, you get a period through the summer of several weeks where you can dial a lot of things in. I mean, the hatch may change on the river. The fish may reposition a little bit, but pretty much you're not chasing them all over the place or chasing changing conditions. And you can really dial in your approach, can't you? Yeah, you know, it gets, it gets, you kind of get into a groove where, you know, most days, you, you know, you see the same kind of patterns on, on a particular river. You know, you get your, your hatches will start about the same time, give or take within, you know, an hour or so. And, and you fish your way through that hatch and the next one starts maybe before that one's over. And you do that throughout the day, and then the next morning you wake up and do it all again. You, it's not as much of a you know um, you know adjustment, if you will, and a, a retooling for the next day. Why don't you take us through some of the rivers you're fishing and tell us what's going on? Okay, 
so there's a lot. Um, so I'm going to start right here uh, for everybody that's familiar with the blue. Every, most people, you know, are about as frustrated with the blue as any river in the state. It is definitely the one that people, we hear the most, uh, you know, feedback on. Man, they're tough out there because that's most of the, like, we haven't had a spill on the blue in over two years. So about 26 months probably since the last spill. And so we had... We have a full pool at Lake Dillon, so the overflow is coming over the top uh, into the Blue River, and that's brought the water temp up into the mid to upper 50s, which is sparking great caddis hatches. There's green drakes and spots on the Blue, which people my age remember those, but not a lot of the younger people have seen a green drake because the river's changed so much in the last you know 10 or 12 years. So, uh, and there are some PMDs, so. The dry fly fishing on the blue has been great. The water has come down to a really manageable level. It's like 220-ish. Um, it looks like this week Denver water started to pull a little bit out of the tunnel, out of the Roberts Tunnel. So um, the water had been in that kind of mid-300s, and it, and it dropped. So the blue is a great weight option right now between Dillon and Green Mountain. Um, to the north, the Colorado is really hitting its prime. We've, we've probably seen some of the best mid-summer fishing on the Colorado uh, in the last, certainly in the last two years uh, that we had those low water, hot water conditions. So um, particularly, you know, um, the Kremlin area down to uh, Catamount, um, we're seeing caddis, PMDs, yellow stallies, um, seeing the rusty spinners late in the day. We're seeing good terrestrial action. The best thing that can happen on the Colorado is if you get a cloud, and that cloud can last eight seconds or 20 minutes, and the dry fly fishing just takes off. So um, so certainly we've seen great action there. I would, I would say flows there are at a good midsummer level, like 1,200 um, at the Kremlin gauge. Um, with, it, it's not atypical, and it's certainly not like it was the last two years. Um, I would say as you get the catamount um, late in the day, we are seeing, a, you know, like temperatures are getting right up there to 66, 68 degrees. So just be aware of that. But, uh, but that's really normal for this time of year. It's not what it was the last couple of years. Um, but certainly two bridges and up, um, you don't have to worry about that at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, and the Eagle, uh, we kind of are, we got a little boost of rain this week, which gave us a couple extra days to float the Eagle. We got a couple boats on it today. Um, that's been fantastic. The wade fishing should continue on that. Um, there is talk that we might get them on soon up here this week, which would maybe keep that running. But the Eagle's been fantastic. Caddis, PMDs, Yellow Sallies, um, which is kind of the thread on most of our rivers. If you, you know, are going on any of these, those those bugs for sure. And then, um, hell, we had boats on the Arkansas this week that saw some really good dry fly fishing. Um, same stuff with some Golden Stones mixed in. And I did a few days on the Roaring Fort this week um, and had some great great fishing out there that's really that's still pushing a little water i mean it's running about 2000 cfs which is a good um kind of early july flow and um and the fishing's good it just um it might still be a little pushy um when you row it but there's i mean there's 
plenty of boats going down, and it's not out of, you know, crazy. We look for it to get under three grand before we really start, you know, doing a lot of client days on it. But uh, so two grand's nice. It's just, you know, it's not, like I said, the last couple of years we've gotten most, uh, gotten used to flows being, you know, substantially lower. So a lot of people have short memories. So just be prepared for a little bit, you know, faster flows than uh, you might have seen the last two years. You know, you mentioned a couple um, a couple things that really hit home with me. Well, one is about the rolling. I want to get to that in a minute because I want to talk about the schools you teach up there. Yeah. You talked about you talked about the green drakes and the terrestrials. And yeah. as I get older, as I get older, those flies because they're bigger and easier to see really start to appeal to me in my old eyes. I love that green drake hatch. Roaring Fork gets a great... When is the Green Drake catch on the Roaring Fork? Do, are, did we miss that, or is that still coming? Yeah, I mean, they're still popping. I mean, it's it's been a weird year for the bugs. Like, you know, one day... So I was on I was on the river late last week, and I had... I came through a good emergence of PMBs, and then, like, the next day I saw two. And so there's tons of caddis around if you shake a bush and the pmds pop kind of day to day in different uh in different um you know numbers um but there are still some green drakes i'm not seeing really any what we call the day drakes from carbondale down right now but there's day drakes above there and then the evening time you'll you'll see another emergence on some stretches of the river um yeah yeah, I had I know a couple guys that they waited uh, the basalt area yesterday. You know, they were kind of up there doing the doing the pan, doing the fork, and and so I talked to them. Um, you know, when I got done, just ran into them at the boat ramp, and they saw they saw Drake's you know through basalt yesterday, kind of um, probably late morning, I'd say eleven ish. So there are good drakes over there right now. And then a kid came in last night on his way to the airport and said they saw a couple of drakes all the way up, you know, at that um, at the Aspen Axis up there. We, you know, like Joffe Park area below the airport. So, so I, th- I think you could find them somewhere along the river, you know, over the course of the day. I think they're probably, you know, in the um, kind of mid river up, you know, above Carbondale is better yeah. daytime. Drake action. Like I said, I love the green drakes because the size of that fly with my old eyes. But oh, another great. thing that I think is another thing I think is going to be really great this year is we've because of the rain we've had a lot of growth. I think the the dry dropper, the hopper dropper, the terrestrial dropper, I think is going to be fantastic. Are you seeing that starting yet? Oh yeah, we've been uh, we've been running you know your your bigger your bigger chub uh, chubby Chernobyl stuff and and hopper stuff. There's a lot of golden stone activity on some of these rivers, so um, you know whether it's for a hopper or golden stone. But yeah, size size eight, size ten chubby, and and running some. You know the nice thing about the heavier water right now is I'm running three x to that dropper and not having to do you know, that god-awful 5 and 6X, you know, so it's great. You can hang on to some more fish that you hook. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of dry dropper stuff. And then as you start to get the fish that are interested in, and whether you see them taking a natural off the water or you start to get more interest in that larger um, Chernobyl, um, then it's a good time to switch over to double dries, focused on whatever hatches are on the river you're on. You know, I've been throwing a lot of, 
smaller attractors like, well, smaller, 12 to 14s in, in some of those patterns, and then behind it running a more uh, hatch-focused imitation, whether it's a caddis or a PMD. Uh, Yellow Sally stuff uh, has been great on, on the Eagle. Um, that's kind of moving upriver. I would say the lower basin on, on the Eagle, the water temps are kind of climbing out of some of those, those hatch ranges, you know, but um, certainly above Eagle, above Walcott, we're still seeing um, good PMDs, good yellow sallies, and, and so throwing those, those adult invitations once you do see fish keen on a dry has been really productive. Before we run out of time, I want to tell people about your operation. Why don't you tell them where your shop is, describe the shop, and then tell us a little bit about your boating course. Yeah, so we're here in Silverthorne. Uh, for those of you guys coming up, you know, from the front range, when you when you get off the interstate, you want to turn left. We're just, just south of the highway. Every, most people are familiar with Blue Moon Bakery, which is right next door, and Sunshine Cafe, which we share a parking lot with. So we're right there. Um, you know, we have a – we kind of focus on – service and you know customer service and fly selection we've got over 1800 bins and and that um and so yeah we kind of fish all over the central part of the state so even if you need good current information don't hesitate to give us a call and we can let you know the hatches and and uh daily cycle on the river where you're heading for timing you know um as far as our our boating course we do one uh we do them in the spring we do them in the fall um, we do a float-based float instructional course um, to teach people how to row for fishing. Um, I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a guide school just because so much of it's focused on the boating. We don't do a lot of, we don't do any walk and wade with it, but we do get people proficient with rowing for fishing. We'll get, uh, in the state of Colorado, if you want to, if you want to guide whether any kind of moving water, you got to have 50 hours of on-the-water instruction with an instru a certified instructor, which we provide. But um, we spend a lot of time on safe, you know, safety, um, navigation, route selection, all that, and then um, how to, you know, target, you know, your rowing approach for successfully fishing from the boat. So. Um, I'd say about half the people that take the class, though, just want to learn how to safely row a boat down the river um, without, you know, sinking it, flipping it, getting themselves into trouble. And, um, yeah, so it's a great course, seven days. We do everything from the first eight CPR to your check ride. Your first commercial ride in Colorado has to have an instructor in the boat, so we even provide that um, on the last day of the, tr of the course. We are out of time, my friend. If people want more information about anything we talked about, how do they find you, Andrew? Well, they can give, me a, they can give us a call here at 970-513-8055. Um, look us, uh, check out our website at the thecoloradoangler.com. And, um, yeah, we'd be happy to give you any information and direction. And let me tell you, the best direction I can give you right now is go now. If you sat on the sidelines the last two years kind of listening to the bad press and uh, you know that don't miss out it's been a great summer so far and i think there's some great fishing ahead all right my friend we'll talk again soon because i think there's going to be a lot to talk about thank you andrew yeah terry have a great day you bet andrew peterson from the colorado angler so it's the colorado i'll post this on our facebook page 
great sources of information. And folks, he's right. Get out there now. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to take you to one of our state parks and see what's happening there on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear with locations up and down the Front Range. Let's go to the phones, and joining us from Bar Lake State Park is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well. The sun is shining. We're supposed to have some dry, warm weather. People are getting into summer activities, finally, after all the storms. Speaking and rain, speaking of storms and rain, you did have a few trees come down in one of those storms. Uh, is that affecting the park at all? Can you give us an update? Sure. We did have about eight trees come down, um, and I'm happy to say that we have them all cleaned up. They were over our main trail, um, so the main trail is all the way open again. It was closed this week, but we got it open yesterday. Awesome. And you still have plenty of trees, and I'll bet there's plenty of birds in them. There are. There's plenty of birds, and, you know, our we had two eaglets this year. They fledged probably about three and a half weeks ago, so now that makes us up to 63 eaglets that have fledged from Bar Lake since 1986. Wow, yeah, it's just always, you know what, I know the eagles were endangered, but they've come back, but there's always eagles at Bar Lake. In fact, you've caught, you've counted dozens of them at one time at different times of the year. I'm still impressed by the majestic bird as it flies over the water looking for fish. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, you know, and a lot of people think that, you know, we, you can't see eagles in the summertime here. Um, you know, winter is when we see a, a lot of eagles, but there's still probably eight, probably 10 to 15 that are around the area. So there's still eagles year round at Bar Lake. So speaking of the lake itself, I would assume because of the wet weather that you've got a pretty good water level. You know, we are higher than normal. Um, you know, we actually filled, Bar Lake was the fullest it's been um, in the history of Bar Lake um, because of our wet spring. So it is starting to go down now because we are an irrigation reservoir. Um, we are experiencing an algae bloom, which is pretty normal for this time of year when the temperatures get hot and, um, you know, our, our lake is has nutrients in it. Um, it's kind of what happens on the Eastern Plains lakes. Yeah, but still very available, especially for fishing. How's the fishing been? It's been good. You know, I've, I've seen some really good-sized um, walleye come out, some wiper, trout. So if you're fishing from a boat um, along the buoy line into the west seems to be the hot spots, but even fishing from shore. And what's good about the higher levels is that our fishing pier um, is still available and in water, so you can fish from the shore right from our fishing pier. And speaking of a boat, if you're coming out, um, there's a 10, power, 10 horsepower restriction there, but people sometimes shy away and it doesn't get the usage it, it from other boaters. I mean, it's always going to be virtually wake-free because of the low horsepower, but you can use your big boat. You just can't put your big motor in the water, right? Right. So if you have a big motor, um, we just ask that you keep it up while you're out there. Use your trolling motor, your electric motor, and um, but if for some reason the wind comes up and you need to get back to shore safely, please, we allow you to do that so we can make sure everyone's safe. We have a lot more than just fishing out there, though. Of course, I don't care about the other stuff, but we'll talk uh, about it anyway. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, what is your arch? Your archery ranges are fantastic. Yeah, and so we just got done um, doing some work at our archery range. We have some new 3D targets which is um, we have 10 stations that you can go shoot. 
And then we have our standing range from 10 to 100 yards. And we just got done redoing a lot of the <clears throat> the targets there, too. So it's a great time. You know, August starts to get busy um, there because people are getting ready for archery season. Um, but it's a great time of year to come out and use our archery range. Yeah, and you should be out doing it now, not waiting. We have a mantra on this show. Don't get ready for hunting. Stay hunting. Stay ready. And we'll be talking more about archery and rifle seasons and all the bird seasons, which you have some bird hunting right there on the property. What other activities you got coming up in the next few weeks? Um, so, uh, you know, we do have on August 5th, we have our annual Brighton Campout. And we partner with the city of Brighton to bring an opportunity where families can camp at Bar Lake, which is very unusual because we don't have camping. Um, so you can go to the Brighton Recreation website and sign up. And what's really great, I think the fee is $25 per family. Um, we do have tents people can buy or borrow. You don't have to buy them. Uh, you can borrow our tents. Um, we'll have a climbing wall. We have a movie that night. We have s'mores. There'll be food trucks. And we're really just giving people the opportunity to try out camping close to home. If it doesn't work out, you know, you can go home. But we really want everybody to be able to have a chance to camp out. So that's August 5th. And then August 12th, we have Outdoor Mentor Day. And what that is is we have a variety of activities. We have fly fishing. We have archery. We have canoes and kayaks. We have pheasants forever with a BB gun range. And it's really meant for people of all ages to come out and try maybe something they haven't ever done before. We really want to um, have the outdoors be accessible for everyone. So come try fly fishing if you've never done that. Um, and then August 26th, we have a, a ladies outdoor event. So just for the ladies where we're going to have from eight to four, um, we're going to have a variety of stations that they can um, sign up and be a part of. Archery and fly fishing um, is a part of that as well but you know we also um you can find out about all our events on our facebook page or our website so we have lots of great things coming up and you know that's a great tip because almost all the parks now have both a facebook and a web page and the facebook page tends to get updated a little more quickly doesn't it yeah it's just a lot easier you can do it from your phone so um we're pretty handy with facebook so you know bar lake is just 25 minutes east of denver so we're located in brighton colorado right off of i-76 so um we're a quick day use park and when you come out here there's lots of other things in the city of brighton you can do as well there's um berry patch farms you can go pick strawberries you can go to sunflower ranch um, which is just like 15 minutes away and see farm animals so you can really make it a day and come to the city of brighton you certainly can. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. People need to take advantage of You just keep things going at that park. There's always things for people to do. Thank you, and thank you for what you do. Thank you, Terry. Have a wonderful day. You bet. Michelle Siebert, Bar Lake. You know, great days. Get out there. Take advantage of it. Get outside. We have a motto. Give the kids a tackle box, not an Xbox. Get everybody outside. You'll be surprised what it does for your, your, your sense of self-worth, your sense of being and your the value system it brings we're going to take time out we come back we're going to take you up to north park and check the fishing in that area on terry wickstrom outdoors presented by jack's outdoor gear on 104.3 the fan you're listening to terry wickstrom outdoors presented by jack's outdoor gear if you're into the outdoors um, you need to check out a Jack store. They are fantastic. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from the North Park area, specifically Lake John, is Doug Gibb. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are we this morning? 
I'm doing great. The sun is shining. It's beautiful. I imagine you're finally getting some warm weather up there. Yes, we are. It's a glorious morning. It's a, it's going to be about 79 today. And in fact, the, the week's outlook is going to be in the high 70s, low 80s all week long. And up there, that is beautiful weather. And you've got the view of the mountains and the distance and the lakes. Now, we're going to talk about the existing fishing. And there's some really good fishing to be had there. But you did have a few struggles earlier in the year. It's been a tough winter, hasn't it? It was. We had two, two months uh, uh, longer of, of ice on the lake, so that always can uh, deplete the oxygen levels. So we might have had a, a bit of loss uh, with some of the aquatic life, but uh, fishing is still still good, um, and uh, people are still coming up and having fun. Well, and in response to that, well, and in response to that too, the parks and wildlife is dumping a lot of fish into the lakes up there, aren't they? They are. They are. They're they're making up for any losses that might have occurred over the winter, and uh, and which you know can uh, put a a damper on fishing for you know a few days. But uh, after that, fishing fishing right now uh, is getting better every day, and I anticipate a great August and and uh, October uh, fishing season. One of the big draws at Lake There's John. Let's talk. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, you know, I, I, I sp- probably spent an hour and a half the other day on the lake uh, at just marking fish. And I we saw so many fish that were, you know, three to five pounds, just all spread out, di- distributed evenly throughout the lake. It's just that their diet right now is they're, they're concentrating kind of on the sticklebacks and whatnot. So you just got to you got to bring your A game and, uh, you know, bring up the kitchen sink and throw everything you got and you will find something that the fish will bite on. And I, I think like speaking of Lake John in particular, it can be a numbers lake, but I always think of Lake John as a big fish lake. The numbers bite can go up and down there depending on the activity of the smaller fish and what's going on. But if you're willing to put the time in at Lake John, um, you're going to catch some just monster fish. Tell people the typical size fish you see at your at your store or resort there during the week. During the week, I usually see anywhere from two to five pounds, and it's spread pretty evenly out. Uh, this past week, um, I think uh, I was brought about three three pounders and two five pounders that came out, and then obviously you know a bunch of one to two pounders. But it's a good mix and. Family loves it because, you know, kids are catching fish and, you know, grandpa's catching fish. We had a family reunion here the other the other week where that may, may not have been productive as in years past, but they still had a great time getting out on the water, getting in their, in their boats and catching fish and being with family. Before we come back to Lake John and your facilities there, take me around the North Park area. Is there any, uh, what are the opportunities on some of the other lakes there? So South Delaney and East Delaney are doing just just fine, just like John is. Uh, North Delaney had a little bit more of uh, a uh, loss this year. So North isn't doing as well, but uh, it's coming back, and it's coming back quickly. Uh, Big, uh, Big Creek Lakes uh, is doing well. As long as you get up on a boat, you're going to have better luck in a boat uh, than in shore. And then Cowdery Lake is also uh, a great lake to, you know, if you want to go in and, you know, catch five or six fish and, 
an hour or two time span and, you know, catch those fighting trout, that's another place I'd recommend hitting. Well, well, yeah, what happens, you've got a number of lakes so close together in that area that you can kind of pick the experience you want. You know, if one lake is reacting differently, you can fish a different one. Cowdery is always kind of that ace in the hole where if you just want to catch some fish and have a good time. But let's get back to Lake John. I think Lake John presents to a lot of the average anglers the chance to catch a bigger trout than they normally catch and take some home because it's really, really managed as a put-and-take lake, isn't it? It is. It is completely a put-and-take lake. So, you know, we get, we get to, you know, we get five-star fishermen that are exclusively you know, fly fishing to, you know, people that just want to come out for the weekend and sit at the shore and enjoy a drink and, 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 and have the opportunity to catch a nice Lake John football. Absolutely. Yeah. And they are some big fish. There's some big fish. Tell people about your facilities up there, Doug. Well, we've got a, uh, you know, a, a full bait and tackle store, a convenience store. We, we rent boats. Uh, we have a 30-site RV park, and we have five uh, five units to, to uh, five cabins to lodge in. So we we kind of got it all. We're we're small operation, but in the in the sense, but uh, and we also actually offer storage as well for those folks that uh, are looking to haul their RV up, and uh, you could leave it up here for the summer, and then come and get it when you need it. You know, the problem with that RV park, though, is it's so far from the lake, Doug. I know. You know, I've been working on that. You actually have to get out of the RV to cast to the lake. Yeah, you have to walk about 50 feet, and then you are you're you can finally throw a line out. Yeah. You know, I, I apologize to people about that all the time. <laughs> it is, it's so convenient to stay there because the fishing is right there. I've done it ice fishing and open water where I've stayed up there. And it's just amazing. You get up, the lake's right there. You're steps away if you're shore fishing, or you're just minutes away if you're going out in your boat. It's so convenient. And once again, uh, the opportunity to catch a big fish. I would think this would be a great time of the year for people who want to come up and do some trolling for big trout. Yeah, trolling is, is really where it's at. If you really want to have the consistency and the opportunity to catch a nice big Lake John football, trolling is going to be your best bet. And trolling with uh, any kind of a woolly bugger, thin mints are doing very well, as well as any kind of gold and copper lures. Uh, and then at the other lakes, you know, the the same is true. Uh, colors are going to change at each lake. At the the buttes, it seems like reds, reds and blues are doing better. And over it, but uh, again, it's fishing. That's right. So if people want to get a hold of you, Doug, tell them how they find you. Uh, the best way is just to give us a call at 970-286-1269. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page, Lake John Resort. And you can also go to our website at lakejohnresort.com. And uh, we, we uh, will uh, respond to social media as well and to text. So please just give us a call. All right, my friend. We will talk to you again very soon. All right. Thank you, sir. Always great talking you to you, Terry. All right. Thanks, Doug. Always. Hey. Great. Hey. Have a great, great day. Great. You bet. Great place to go up there, Lake John. I, uh, I've i enjoyed the fishing up there myself quite a bit. You know, it's sometimes it can, it can get a little more challenging, but 
it's worth the time to put in because you're going to catch some big trout and just have a time of your life. We're going to take a time out. We come back. We're going to change things up a little bit. Is we're going to tell you how maybe you could get a seasonal job that may even turn into a full-time job as a ranger in Wyoming. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Jack's has locations up and down the front range, including one in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And speaking of Wyoming, joining us from Colorado, Wyoming Rangers is Corey Jacobson. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing just great. And we're going to talk about an opportunity that you guys have that you've experienced personally and, of course, it's uh, it's something I've watched the video you've got up. We'll tell people about that in a minute. And you can tell it's near and dear to your heart. And that's becoming a ranger for Wyoming. Now, there's only limited full-time positions, and they come up available rarely, but they do come available. Um, but there's every year you hire seasonal people. Is that right? That is right, sir. Correct. So tell me a little bit about... Um, when you hire these people, what are you looking for and what are their, the expectations? We are looking for somebody who has graduated from a law enforcement academy. Uh, if they have experience, that's even better. But we are willing to start with uh, somebody who's just graduated if, they, if, if that's where they're coming to us from. Now, when you hire these seasonal people, now we're talking about probably next year. You probably have most of your seasonal for this year, right? Yes, sir. Now, when, when you're ta- we're talking about the seasonal people for next year, a lot of them, I was talking to Mark Coughlin, who's, of course, your boss, and he's a good friend of mine, and he said you get people just out of the academy who want to get experience, people that want to get a foot in the door in the outdoor part of law enforcement, or sometimes you even get retired people from other branches of law enforcement that wanting in- to get into the outdoors. Do you see a good mix of that? I would say there's a good uh, about a 50-50 mix of that. Correct. We we have uh, I came from another law enforcement agency that I retired from, and uh, but we've we've hired quite a few seasonals that were just getting started in the law enforcement career too. Yeah. So this is a good way to. Well, first of all, we'll talk about the experience, and you you just glow. I, I watched you on the video, and people are going to get to see that video. Um, the experience of being a, a Wyoming Ranger, I know you love. But it's also the experience that you get that puts on your resume, right? Yes, that's definitely part of it. We've, we've got the, we would look at your uh, resume to see whether your experience would fit the bill, too. And so then people can come here. How many seasonal rangers do you think actually, do they come back for other seasons, or do they move on to full-time positions in other places once they get their foot in the door? Do you have any idea, or is that something you guys don't track? Uh, we we don't keep track of it officially, but we do kind of keep our, our fingers on the pulse. Most of the time, if they're looking for another uh, agency to continue a law enforcement career with, they'll find it that way because they can point to our agency as a full-time law enforcement entity, and if they have experience with us, uh, other agencies will look upon that pretty well. What are the duties? Explain the duties of both yourself and some of these seasonal people. What are the duties? What's, what are they expected to do while they're on the job? 
Well, we do patrolling. Um, we are essentially the law enforcement agency for the state parks. So anything that a county uh, sheriff or municipal officer would do or handle, we have handled that stuff before. Um, nowhere near as often as you would in a bigger agency or a county sheriff's department, but the potential is there to handle everything. But usually we're handling very minor stuff and just helping people have a better time on the parks. You've been, you made a transition from the sheriff's department, retired out of there, and now you're a Wyoming Ranger. What is your personal feeling about the job? I mean, is it a job you enjoy? I enjoy it greatly, Terry. It, it is a, a time that I can connect with the public in a manner and during a time that they're trying to have fun and, and just relax and leave a lot of their cares behind so they can have a good time with a family. So when you walk up to somebody and you're smiling, you always are greeted with a smile as well. Unlike regular law enforcement where you're always called because there's a problem. Yeah, another thing, you don't have a bad office to work in either, do you? No, my office is uh, pretty nice. Are you assigned to a particular park or do the seasonals get assigned to particular parks? Uh, typically the full-time staff are assigned to a uh, at specific park. I'm at Guernsey State Park uh, near Guernsey, Wyoming, in the southeast corner of Wyoming. And seasonals will typically also be assigned to a place, but we do um, let them know that if they're needed somewhere else, we might we might move them around, but that doesn't happen very often. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, do you supply housing for the seasonal work uh, rangers? Housing is, is an option. Um, it really depends on the park as to whether we're going to have that available, but we do try to have some available for everybody when they come work for us. Unfortunately, we can't always guarantee it because it's kind of limited. And when does the application process start to become a Wyoming uh, seasonal ranger? I know you're looking for people. I think you told me the working is typically like, May through September, it could start a little earlier, it could stretch into October, November, but pretty much May through September. When do you, when would a person need to start applying? I would recommend applying right after the first of the year. So early January is the best time to apply. And that way, when we start looking, um, looking at applications there in the middle of the month to the end of the month, and we start uh, setting up interviews, it'll be fresh in everybody's minds. Is, is this uh, something that they can go look at uh, on a website to get the look where they sign up and things? There is a website for Wyoming uh, hiring through the state. And if you look up 2023 seasonal law enforcement, that will, that will get them to the uh, high, uh, application process. If they want to set up a, application to begin with and have it ready to go that would probably be a good idea and that way it's all they have to do is just adjust it a little bit to make up for the the time between now and and later in january and then they just have to hit apply let's talk a little bit about the video you guys did i just got to view it in the last couple days um the biggest thing that comes across to me in that video and it features a number of your your rangers is the love of the outdoors and the enthusiasm for doing their job. Uh, it seems to be pretty contagious throughout the department. I would have to agree. All of us are, are in 
have that passion for the outdoors. Some of us like uh, different aspects of it. Um, I'm a fly fisherman as well, just like Mr. Bass. I'm, I'm a mountain biker, as you'll see on the on the video. We have a mountain bike patrol that we that we uh, can train people in to do, and we have uh, grabbed a couple of bikes, and so we've got a few bikes that are available. Um, lots, lots and lots of different things to do when you're off duty with us. Usually we work a 40 hour work week for the seasonal. So if they have three days they can go and experience some of Wyoming on their time off. Yeah. And what a great state to experience it too. Wyoming. There's no outdoor activities in Wyoming. Are there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there are lots and lots as you're well aware. We, some of the best mountain biking in the world that I can think of, um, is here. In the southeast corner, Glendale State Park has some phenomenal trails that are hardly even known, um, as well as the fishing and boating that's there. Guernsey State Park has some trails, but they're not designed for mountain biking, although you can bike them if you want. They're kind of up and down, and that's about it. There's all sorts of other stuff, rock climbing, and just about anything outdoors, we have it here in Wyoming. I would think the best thing people could do would be to go and just take a look at that video. Folks, you can see it. I posted it this morning on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And if you want to get a feel for how these people love their job and the enthusiasm they bring to it, go watch that video. And uh, it's just a few minutes long, but it really captures all the aspects of the job and what it's like to work up there. And, you know, if you're going to work seasonally in Wyoming, summer's not a bad time to do it, Corey. That's for sure, sir. We And we greatly appreciate anybody who's willing to come help us. We love it. Yeah, and Mark told me that some people have actually gone on from being seasonal to being full-time with you when a position does come up. Yes, sir. That's, uh, that's the way I got into my position myself, so it does happen. All right. Well, Corey, uh, people need to see you in that video to understand the enthusiasm you have for your job, but... You've been there, I think, what, 12 years now? Yes, sir, 12 years, including my uh, part, my seasonal time. And thank you so much for joining us and telling us about this opportunity. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Greatly appreciate it. All right, Corey, thank you so much. All right, take care. You bet. Corey Jacobson from Wyoming Rangers. I'll tell you what, you know, I worked with Al Linder and Brad Peterson and some of these guys putting together some things about careers in the outdoors and you know everybody thinks about being a tournament fishing guide or a tournament fishing competitor or a fishing guide there's lots of jobs that get you in the outdoors you can live your passion and really um, you have a job you're going to still have a job you have to do but the way you do it and where it's at can be so phenomenal and this opportunity they hire like 20 plus or i'm not sure the number um 20 plus i think a year seasonal people now if you're recently graduated from a police academy of some kind, or if you've been in law enforcement and you're looking for a change, or maybe you're retired and want to just do seasonal, what an opportunity to get your foot in the door up to a place where there's just so much outdoor activity. Go check out that video on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and uh, it'll get you interested. We're going to take a time out, and we come back. Speaking of getting interested, Nate Solinsky will join us, and he's always interesting to listen to on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.